Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 22, 2023. I had a terrible experience early in my career. It was over 30 years ago in my previous community. There was a young couple. They were living together for a couple of years and they decided to get married. They were the nicest people in the world. They attended our shul. Both of them were academics. Both of them were very smart, very quiet, easygoing, gentle. Everyone loved them. And they were perfectly suited for each other. Just a few months after they got married, the wife came to see me and she was in shock. Somehow, her husband had transformed into an angry, vicious, controlling man. He was yelling at her, something he had never done before, insulting her, doing things that frightened her. And it was clear that the marriage was over. There was no way a person could live with someone like that. At first, he refused to give a get, a Jewish divorce. It took a long time, but finally she did receive her get and was able to move on with her life. I can't even imagine how terrible that was for her. For me, knowing them well, living through it with them, and helping this woman to get her get, it was a nightmare. In a million years, I never would have thought that this man would be capable of such behavior. But it taught me a crucial lesson, and that is, people change. And even the nicest, most gentle person can become a monster. And so when a couple says to me, well, we don't need to sign a halachic prenup, which is a document that is effective in preventing a woman, or once in a while a man, from being stuck in a marriage that is objectively over, where the other spouse refuses to cooperate with the get with the Jewish divorce, and we refer to such a person who is stuck in this manner as an aguna, which means anchored or chained, stuck, which is a terrible, terrible crisis and a problem. So when I say to a couple, but you should sign a halakhic prenup, they will say, but my fiancé is the gentlest most loving person. He would never do that. It's inconceivable. There's no reason for us to have such a document. So there is an answer that I give. Part of that answer is I will not officiate unless there is a halachic prenup, which is, by the way, the policy of the RCA, the Rabbinical Council of America, the largest body of Orthodox rabbis in the world, and many, many others. 
How I speak to the couple, we'll leave that to the side for now. But here's the truth. I don't share this with the couple when they are sitting in my office planning their wedding with me. But here's the true answer. I agree. Your fiancé is very loving and very gentle, and I cannot imagine that he or she would ever do such a thing. But your fiancé is not more gentle or loving than that man that I knew over 30 years ago. And I'll never forget how he changed. And just like he changed, somebody else could change. You never know. And that's why every couple must protect themselves because people change. And the consequences can be catastrophic. Monday, March 6th, is Tainus Esther, the fast of Esther. Monday night is the beginning of Purim. That day has also been designated as International Aguna Day. It is a day to highlight that get refusal for a spouse to refuse to participate in a get when the marriage is objectively over is domestic abuse, and it is a terrible sin. <clears throat> Every year, at some point, I speak about this subject. I'm doing it today because I will not be with you on that day of Titus Esther, so this is a little bit in advance. Often, a man will say, of course I'll give a get. You think I wouldn't give a get? Of course I'll give a get. As soon as you agree to, and whatever it is, A, B, and C. Using a get as a weapon to get the settlement that you want is extortion. That's all it is. It is the crime of extortion. If you have a dispute with the other person, either go to Betdin and settle it in Betdin, go to civil court, let the lawyers fight it out, use every means at your disposal to have the your to have your position accepted on its merits. Fine. You can fight for your rights. But when you use a get as a weapon to hold against someone in order to get your way, that is extortion. That is exactly what extortion is. And it is a terrible, terrible crime and sin. On this day, we highlight the critical importance for every couple to sign a halakhic prenup. Or a postnup. Couples who are already married can sign a similar document, and I urge everyone to do so. I've discussed this with you many times before. I'm happy to discuss this with you if you contact me, and it's something I'm sure we'll be discussing in the future. But today I want to highlight a different area of this terrible problem. I want to discuss with you a recent article in Times of Israel. The article came out in September. And the article was about the ruling of the chief rabbis of Israel that refused to allow a man to be buried in Israel because the man's son 
is refusing to give a get to his wife. So here's a man in America, and for 19 years, he has refused to give a get to his wife. That means she has been in a guna, unable to remarry, unable to go on with her life, unable to have children. For 19 years, in spite of numerous Bechtin decisions that he is required to do so, in spite of the fact that not only does he have a civil divorce, he's also married to another woman. And so the Israeli chief rabbis took the drastic step to say that his father, who is ill, should live a long and happy life, I hope, will not be allowed to be buried in Israel. Now, part of the story is that this man didn't just make up his refusal. He went to a different Betin who said he's right to do what he's doing. It happens that this other Betin, and I want to use the words in quotation marks, is not respected by anybody else. It's not recognized. It's a fringe group. And sadly, sadly, you will find a rabbi or a Betin to say anything you want if you're willing to find one who is corrupt, which sadly exists, and or if you have enough money. And it's very sad to say that. But that is, in fact, the case. But this situation is ironic in many ways because this is Act 2. Years ago, the Betin in California, this man lives in California, the Betin in California ruled, after ruling that he was required to give a get, which he refused to do, they ruled that his mother, who at that time was ill, would not be allowed to be buried in a cemetery in America. She passed away in 2019. And since she could not be buried anywhere in America, her family took her body to Israel for burial. The chief rabbis knew about this situation then. They wanted to stop the burial then. But at that time, the man had promised that he will give a get, and the chief rabbis relented. I don't want to express an opinion about that, but I'm just telling you the facts. Of course, the man did not uphold his word. And now that the father is ill, the chief rabbis want to make it clear that this will not happen again. Now, this is a very, very drastic step to punish a family member. You're not going to allow the burial of a parent, a mother, a father. What did they do wrong? Because the son is doing something wrong? To punish a family member for the husband, for the for the for this husband's misdeeds, so far as to refuse his father from being buried in Israel. It is a very drastic step, and it should be rarely used. And only when 
the family members are condoning and supporting the sinful behavior. This is clearly ground in Jewish law. It's codified in Shulchan Aruch, Code of Jewish Law. To do this when the family members are complicit. And in this case, both this man's mother earlier, while she was alive, and this man's father and other family members are standing by him, are encouraging him in his sinful behavior not to give again. They are a part of this. Now, every Aguna case is tragic in its own unique way, but there are two factors that are common in many cases. One is, a person receives a ruling from a Betin or a rabbi, and they don't like it. So, they find another Betin or another rabbi, usually, again, someone on the fringes, not respected, not recognized. And again, sadly, they exist. And then they follow this disreputable advice. But just like in every profession, there are recognized experts who are respected, who are well-regarded, who operate within the normative boundaries of their profession, and there are quacks. And it is wrong because the recognized expert gave you an answer you didn't like to go and listen to a quack. It's wrong. And the second factor that sometimes comes into play, as it does in, in this case in Israel, if there is someone in your family who is doing this, you must protest. And certainly, certainly never encourage the abuse that this family member is perpetrating. Now, I realize that this is hard because we all want to defend and protect our family. And we always want to take our own <coughs> family member's side. <coughs> and we should love our family members unconditionally, even when they are doing something that is terribly wrong. We should still love them, but we should protest the action. We should condemn the misdeed. Israel's chief rabbis and classical Jewish law see family members who do not protest get refusal as complicit in the crime of the abuser. We must encourage everyone to act properly especially at the times that we are emotional or angry and most likely to be in a stubborn po point of view, not seeing things clearly, especially then, we have to remember what the Torah tells us. V'asisa hayashar v'hatov b'nei Hashem. We have to do what is proper and good 
in God's eyes at all times. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing you again soon in person.